Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker Podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle, and before we get rolling with today's episode, don't forget to download, subscribe, give this podcast uh, to a friend or family member who you're hanging out with around Thanksgiving this year that may like the Jayhawks. Maybe they don't like the Jayhawks, but you know... Just, just let them in on the secret that is the Jayhawker Talker podcast, and we'll keep this thing rolling all the way, not through Thanksgiving, not just through Christmas, but through the rest of the college football and college basketball season. And it's a year-round podcast, really. So keep up to date with everything going on with the Jayhawks here at the Jayhawker Talker podcast. All right, we've got some KU basketball been going on this past week. Of course, last week we talked a little bit about KU beating Kentucky, KU ranked number one in the nation, and that uh, number one ranking was only even further entrenched after their win over Kentucky, that 89-84 win. KU was losing big at halftime. They came back and got the win, and now they are over at the Maui Invitational. Of course, you probably heard by now if you listened to last week's episode, you know this, but The Maui Invitational is not played at Maui this year because of the fires that happened in Hawaii earlier this year. So they are on the big island on uh, Honolulu. They're going to be playing at the University of Hawaii, I believe, is where they are playing now. Uh, And so that's that's a, a change. I mean, change of scenery for sure than what the KU Jayhawks are used to over there in Hawaii. But it's still Hawaii. It's still a good time. And they're playing at the Stan Sheriff Center. That's that's it. So you look at what these teams are doing over there. And, and KU, they they got the easy draw. They did in the first round. They got to play Chaminade, who is the host school. And they get to play in it every year because they're the host school. But there's a lot of ranked teams in this tournament as well. So KU goes out there. In the first game of the tournament against Chaminade, they start out a little bit slow. They do. The Chaminade played KU tough in the first half, and it ended up being 39-27 at halftime, so a 12-point lead for the Jayhawks. But you'd think that maybe they, it would be a little bit more than that when you got the number one team in the nation playing a team, uh, no disrespect to Chaminade, but they are not a D1 school. So you'd think that KU would be a little bit further ahead than that, but they ended up scoring, KU ends up scoring 44 points in the second half uh, and winning the game 83-56. But once again, once again, you have incredible performances from Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller Jr. Those are the guys. Those are the guys that the KU basketball program are hoping take them to that next level this year. Last year, they got bounced in the second round to Arkansas. This year, they're hoping for another Final Four run and another national championship run, and they have the horses up front. The, the, the bench may be a little bit light this year, but you've got Hunter Dickinson, who had another double-double, a 31.11 rebound game for Hunter Dickinson. 15 of 18 shooting. And you look at what happened in this game. 15 of 18 shooting. One out of two from three-point range. 31 points, 11 rebounds. 
Incredible effort, again, from Hunter Dickinson, who had a 30-20 and 20 game last time out against Kentucky. And this time, you've got Kevin McCullough Jr. again. Last game, he finished with the first uh, triple-double in his career and only the third triple-double in Kansas basketball history. And what does he do against Chaminade the next time out? He gets that triple-double against Kentucky last week, and then he runs it right back. Another triple-double for Kevin McCullough Jr. 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. Absolutely incredible performances. Back-to-back games by Kevin McCullough Jr. The first Kansas Jayhawk to ever have back-to-back games in which he recorded a triple-double. Now, something interesting in this game that I didn't really see coming... You had Johnny Furphy. Johnny Furphy, the freshman out of Australia, come in and start for the Jayhawks. He's been an off-the-bench guy the first few games. But he starts for the Jayhawks over K.J. Adams. Now, K.J. Adams fouled out last game. So maybe this was an effort to uh, preserve K.J. Adams, maybe, if you needed him. K.J. Adams had another great game. But Johnny Furphy starts the game... Ends up playing 17 minutes. K.J. Adams off the bench, 26 minutes. Not a huge deal, but it's something to keep an eye on. It's fun to see uh, Bill Self change the lineup a little bit, especially when you're playing a team like Chaminade. Maybe a smaller lineup team. So sometimes you'll go four-guard lineup if you're facing another team that has a four-guard lineup. That's what Bill Self decided to do on Monday night against Chaminade. So you got Hunter Dickinson, Johnny Furphy, Elmarco Jackson. So two freshmen in Furphy and Jackson starting. And Dewan Harris Jr. and Kevin McCullough Jr. rounded out the starting lineup. Dewan Harris, of course, goes out there. Eight assists. That's about what we expect from him at this point. Four rebounds, seven points for Dewan Harris. Been a guy that typically is the table setter, but he scores when he needs to. And then off the bench, you had K.J. Adams, 4 out of 5 from the field, 8 points, 4 assists, and 1 rebound. So that's that's a nice job there by, this, the, by the, the first six, I like to call them. And it's, it's good to see KU get out there and get a big win over a team like Chaminade in the beginning of this tournament. Because when you're looking ahead, you see what else the Champions Classic has going on here. And you've got excellent teams. This is, listen to this. This is the semifinals of the Maui Invitational. 7 o'clock tonight, Tuesday night on ESPN. You've got number 7, Tennessee, taking on number 2, Purdue. That's 7 o'clock on ESPN. Following that, in the headlining matchup, at 9.30 p.m. or whenever the first game gets over. Sometimes the, the clock ticks over. Number one, Kansas, facing number four, Marquette. So you've got four top ten teams, four top eight teams in the nation in the final four game of the Maui Invitational. So these semifinals are packed with good teams, packed with great teams, I'd even say, and I'm really hoping for Kansas to beat Marquette tonight and face Purdue. I want Purdue to beat Tennessee so that we can get a number one 
versus number two matchup. I want to see Hunter Dickinson against Zach Eady. Two guys that are favorites right now for the Wooden Award, the top player in college basketball. I want to see KU versus Purdue in the Maui Invitational Final. And that game will be on Wednesday night uh, if, if it comes to fruition. So tonight, though, you've got Kansas Marquette. Don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. But Kansas and Marquette are going to be squaring off. 9.30 tonight, KU's a four-and-a-half-point favorite as this uh, top-five matchup gets underway. KU, again, number one in the nation. Marquette, number four. And it should be a great game. Should be a great game between two teams that are 4-0 and on the season. Marquette uh, beat UCLA last night, 71-69. Came down to the very end. Sean Jones hit a three-pointer to lift number four Marquette to that win over UCLA in the Maui Invitational on Monday night. And it was, in the first half, it was looking like UCLA was going to pull off the upset. Now, UCLA was right on the edge of the top 25. They were 3-0 going into that game last night, so they're not a team to be messed with. And Marquette found out in the first half. UCLA had an early advantage. They were up 35-30 at halftime. Marquette stormed back. Got 41 points in the second half to get the 71-69 win. And again, it was a late three-pointer. So these are guys at Marquette that love to run up and down the court. They're going to play fast. They're going to try to get a a good offensive game plan going. KU sometimes struggles against those teams. We saw it against Kentucky in the first half. Kentucky got out, got running, got going. And you saw what could happen. They could score points quickly. Now, KU needs to be able to adjust. At halftime against Kentucky, they did adjust. They ended up getting the win. Will that happen against Marquette? We'll see. Maybe KU can get off to a hot start against Marquette, just like UCLA did. So it should be a great matchup tonight in the Maui Invitational semifinal. You got KU, Marquette, and I'm going to be watching both games. I'm I'm hoping, uh, like I said, I'm hoping Purdue wins. It's going to be Tennessee and Purdue in the first game at 7, followed by KU, Marquette, at around 9.30, and tomorrow night is going to be the championship of that Maui Invitational. So, go KU, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, should be an absolutely uh, fantastic semifinal all around. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to want to tune in to these games on ESPN. No doubt about that. So, we're going into Thanksgiving week, talking about college basketball because... You know, we are really digging into the college basketball season now. I know some people don't really start getting into it until, you know, you're done with the non-con schedule. But when you're KU, you're playing all sorts of good teams from the start of the season to the end of the season. It's it's a non-stop tough schedule for KU this year and most years. So you got college basketball. You've got the NBA if you're into that. Our guy Christian Brown playing over there with uh, the Denver Nuggets. Parker Brown now on the KU basketball team, transferring in this offseason. But anyway, so you've got college basketball. You've got NBA. You've got plenty of basketball going on. You've got the NFL, you know, on Thanksgiving Day. Watching a lot of football as well over Thanksgiving. Got some college football. I think it's Old Miss and Mississippi State playing on Thanksgiving Day. And then the Black Friday games. you got a lot of good Black Friday games this year. 
Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, TCU, Arkansas, Missouri, if you want to hate watch a game right there. Oregon State, Oregon, the Civil War battle. Man, that's going to be a fun game to watch on Friday night. Pac-12 after dark. But what you're looking for as a KU fan this weekend for football, because that's what we're here to talk about. We love KU football. They got Cincinnati. And before the season, I was thinking, all right, Cincinnati might be a tough game. And it could still be a tough game. But you see what happened to KU last week. And I didn't want to bring it up, but I got to bring it up because it's what happened. KU ends up starting Cole Ballard at quarterback. Their third-string quarterback against Kansas State. Jason Bean was out there on the field before the game. I was in attendance at the game. I was there giving reports at the game right by, uh, I wasn't on the field, but I was right close to the field down there trying to get the information, whatever I could, watching with my own two eyes as he's warming up with his trainer, listening to what his trainer's telling him. Jason Bean looked like he was good to go. He was doing laps around the field. He was doing sprint drills. He was looking good on his passes. I don't know why he did not play in the Sunflower Showdown. I don't know why Jason Bean didn't play. I know why Jalen Daniels didn't play. He has a back issue. He's probably not playing again the rest of the year. But you go out there, and you should be able to have Jason Bean in his final game as a Jayhawk at home, his final home game as a Jayhawk, go out there and be the starter. I don't know why he didn't play the entire game. It was Cole Ballard, the freshman going out there playing and starting. And he didn't do a bad job. He did not do a bad job out there. He he played a good game. I I just don't understand what the KU coaching staff is doing sometimes with these guys. KU actually gets out to an early lead in this game. They get out 7-0. They end up leading. They're up 20. 20 to... What was it? Twenty to sixteen. There was a, there was a weird there was a weird play where Kansas State blocked an extra point and took it back for two points. So in what should have been a twenty one fourteen game at halftime, it's not twenty one fourteen because K State blocked an extra point and ran it back for two points. So it's twenty to sixteen at halftime in that game. And then K State comes out in the second half. And looks like they're going to run the ball down KU's throat again. They do. They could have run the ball more. They really could have. But K-State ends up scoring 15 in the second half compared to KU's 7. And they get the 31-27 win. There was a critical play with KU up. KU was up 27-24. And what happens? A muffed punt at midfield gives the ball right back to the Wildcats when KU could have had the ball at midfield or better to potentially get a game-sealing touchdown midway through the fourth quarter. But what happens? What happens? K-State goes down after they get that muffed punt. K-State recovered the muffed punt. They take it down and score a touchdown, and that's the last points of the game. So K-State wins 
Uh, Cole Ballard did a pretty good job driving KU down to try to get another touchdown at the end, but they get stuck. They get stopped in the red zone. K-State just runs the clock out, game over. So K-State wins another Sunflower Showdown. KU now 7-4 and four on the season, and they're going to Cincinnati to try to finish the season with eight wins, finish 8-4 and four in the regular season. Now, before the season, I wrote an article over at heartlandcollegesports.com. I said KU could win nine games, potentially ten games this year. Now they're at the, they can win eight games, potentially nine games point of the season. We've gotten to that point. If they could have beat K-State, if Jason Bean could have started the game, if Jalen Daniels were healthy, there's a lot of what-ifs for KU this season at the quarterback position with the injuries. But it is what it is. KU can finish the season 8-4, and four, and that would mean improving again on what they have done over the last couple of years. They had a two-win season under Lance Leipold in his first year. They had a six-win season the next year, and now it looks like they're about to have an eight-win season, potentially nine wins if they can win a bowl game. We'll see what happens. You got Kansas playing Cincinnati on the road, so it's a road game. It's not going to be a gimme game for the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, It's going to be Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. kickoff on ESPN2. KU a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they have what it takes to get it done to get to that eighth win. And I know everybody wanted to win that Sunflower Showdown, myself included. But you got to take what you can take in a team that's still kind of rebuilding and finding out their identity. Uh, They need to have a healthy quarterback. That's a good identity to have. But it's going to be... It should be a win for the Jayhawks. I think they'll cover that six and a half points as well. I think they can get a double-digit win on the road against Cincinnati as long as they're not hanging their heads about the Sunflower Showdown loss. And then we'll see what happens with the bowl. Uh, The the selection Sunday is going to happen in a couple weeks. Usually they uh, there's bowl games that get leaked. They kind of have it beforehand. There's not as big of a selection Sunday as March Madness, but... Some of these bowl games get leaked out. I saw that uh, KU was favored to go to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix, Arizona. That was the highest odds for them to get uh, for what bowl game that they could get. So I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see what if they can get the win this weekend at Cincinnati. We'll have a clearer picture on what bowl game they might be able to get to. Your Kansas Jayhawks football team improving again this year. And good news that we got out of the KU football program this past week. Jalen Daniels announced that he would be back at Kansas next season, fully recovered, healthy, ready to go. So that, in my mind, says, one, he wanted to put those transfer rumors to bed. He's not transferring. He's staying at KU. He said that he wants to keep the legacy going, keep the Lance Leipold train going. And that also says to me, that uh, not just does he did he want to stop the transfer rumors going around, but he wants people to know he's coming back and he's going to be healthy. And, and that means to me he's not playing the rest of the season. It's Jason Bean and Cole Ballard the rest of the way. I think Jalen Daniels shut down for the season. Maybe they activate him for the bowl game. Maybe KU does that. Uh, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. It's a week-to-week injury for Jalen Daniels. 
But it's just good to see that he announced he's coming back to Kansas again next season. I'm excited for this Kansas program to see what they have going on, uh, not just this year and getting it to another bowl game in back-to-back seasons, but for the potential to next year improve upon a a seven-win season, maybe eight-win season, potentially nine-win season if they can win their next two games. All right, that does it for me. Thank you for listening. As always, you can get at me on Twitter, at Talker. We can keep the conversation going there. My name is Mark Van Sickle. You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast in affiliation with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Go check out my latest article over there at heartlandcollegesports.com. And until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.